Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. to be very clear, I am stealing this idea from Alex Ramosi. I'm giving it a little special twist. We're going to welcome and have this conversation with Beth Traverso. How are you doing, Beth? Hey, Mike. Doing great. So let me set the stage for you. I would love to get your advice. I'm going to say, for example, your niece just graduated high school. She's 18. She has zero interest in going off to college, but she looks at what you've done, Beth, and she wants to follow in your footsteps, understand how Aunt Beth got rich. What is some advice you want to give your niece who maybe you are having out to breakfast? What What are some kind of words of wisdom you want to give her? Great. Yes. And this is something I'm thinking about for I have kids. And so, you know, I want them to get on the path of uh, home ownership and investing in real estate. Um, and so the first one of the first things you need to do is start building your credit uh, establish credit, build your credit. Um, hopefully by the time you're 18, you can maybe already have some credit. You can, there's credit cards, I think, where you can sign on as a co-signer with your parent or someone else who has good credit, um, and learn how to use credit responsibly. I made that mistake as a young adult, got wrapped into this credit offers and racked up a bunch of stupid debt. I don't even know what it was for. I get to get out of it eventually, but yeah, nobody wants to be saddled with that, but you do need credit to start making yourself financeable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do need to get some sort of income in order to qualify to purchase a mortgage or find someone you can co-sign with. My first house I co-signed with my dad and he was a 50-50 owner with me on that one. So I would mm-hmm. say we look at things like that. Um, but I think buying an owner-occupied property with minimum down is the best way to get your foot in the door. Um, ideally, looking for properties that are uh, going to make a good rental later when you move out. Uh, almost every investor I know to start it out simple and easy like that. You buy a house, make sure it's got enough bedrooms. I would want to say three bedrooms minimum because you'll rent for quite a bit more, three bedrooms and two or a basement, you can add more bedrooms or something like that. Some way you can add value um, is going to be better than not. And find be ready to be humble a little bit too. You know, I think a lot of people with social media and some of the real estate shows on TV have just made it a little unrealistic what people can, should expect their first home to be. It just needs to be something decent. It's a tool. It's an asset. It's a launch pad to get you going in life. Um, but you can get in with minimum down. It could be three and a half percent FHA or minimum down conventional, which I believe is five. Um, and get in there and find a way to house hack it with some roommates. Um, or, you know, if it's a way you can section off a part of the house and have a, a, a door between you and them, you know, so you can have your privacy. That's what I did. Um, find ways you can even like rent the garage. You have a detached garage. You can rent that garage. Um, and just find ways to offset that housing expense so that you can save more money for the next one. 
Because, I mean, ideally, within one year of owner-occupying, you could then look to purchase another owner-occupied property and just rinse and repeat. And honestly, that's what I did. I didn't do any crazy fast scaling or anything like that. It was really just like the one rental at a time philosophy of just plugging away and over time. Um, and then if you do, if you are able to add value and get more equity in the property, sometimes you can do, while you're still owner-occupied, you can do a cash-out refi or get a HELOC. And then maybe after you move, because it's easier to get those financing tools when you're owner-occupying and when it's non-owner-occupied, move out. You can, so you can sometimes use that funds from the equity. Be very careful with this, okay? Don't over leverage yourself. We won't get into that in this video, but you want to be uh, practical about this. Um, but you can use the equity from sometimes from the one house to buy the next house. And that's what I did for uh, several years. That's how we did it. We just kind of piggybacked one house into the next one and did that two, three times or so. Um, and then we just chilled for a while. Um, that was when the housing cr market crashed. And so we rode that out, but we had enough reserves and everything and cash flow from the rentals that we did not have to lose anything to foreclosure. Uh, our owner occupied payment was covered by the cash flow from the rentals. So we were pretty well insulated from that. If you do it right. The other thing I would say is make sure you have reserves too, because you don't want a broken furnace to bankrupt yeah. you. So, yeah. I think there's a couple of things when I think about a niece at 18 that I love building credit where you started with that. Um, the other thing I would probably recommend that she did is, is consciously live below your means. You're, you're 18. You're probably working. Uh, I don't know what you're making or what, what, what they make today, but I would probably have a separate account where I quote unquote pay myself first. And what does that mean to an 18 year old? That means once your check is deposited, take a hundred dollars or 150, whatever is comfortable move it to this other account that you don't use for anything but potentially investing. Yeah. Right. And do that immediately. Uh, I think there's a lot of money habits that are, I earn money, I pay all my bills, I invest what's left. I think the sooner you learn money in money over and I, you know, live on the rest, the better. I think you're right. House hacking, whether it's units or roommates, is a wonderful goal. Like if you're at 18 and you're putting a little money away, depending on where you live in the country, you could have enough savings in 12, 18, 24 months. You could be a homeowner at 20, mm -hmm. which is outstanding. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a get rich quick. Don't chase easy money. Don't increase your lifestyle. Uh, but one thing I did want to ask you about this is, again, high school graduate, not interested in college. Do you recommend people become real estate agents? Do you recommend they become employees? How does somebody take a evaluation to know that maybe one or the other is right for them? Right. So if somebody's going to go into real estate sales, that can be a great way to earn money to invest. The vast majority of real estate agents don't do that, but I think they should. Thankfully, somebody kicked my butt and pointed me in the right direction early. I had a couple people doing that. Thank goodness. Um, but if somebody's going to go into that field, you have to be ready to treat it like a business. It's too easy when nobody's telling you what to do to just slack off and do nothing. Right. Um, the people who are successful are people that are really doing the hard work. And a lot of it is you'll work very hard and not get paid at all. 
but you're learning, you're building your systems and you need to find the right mentors and you got to really get in there and, and focus. Um, and we could do a whole video series about that. So I won't go too deep on that today, but there's, you have to be ready to do that. And not everybody is wired that way. Um, but those that are, it's a fantastic way to get funds to invest um, and build a business that you um, you control and you own and you can scale it or not as much as you see fit. So, um, and it can provide, even if you're done right, can even provide passive income for you later. So, um, but for some people, they're just, they need the structure of somebody telling them what to do and they need to clock in at nine and out at five or whatever they need, they need that. So in that case, I would try, I would advise to find a, I'm in a high cost of living area where it's like, what can you do that will pay you well enough that you can afford to live here if you want to? Mm -hmm. Otherwise you'll have to move somewhere else just because the cost of living is so high. And I know where you are in the Bay area, it's the same thing. And so, and not everybody is a software engineer or can be a software engineer. So you'd have to think about other things. And right now I'm thinking things like service industry. Like if you could be an electrician and open your own company or, you know, you can make big money doing things like that. But that's, again, you have to be a, ready to be, have that business owner mindset. Um, but even for stars, if somebody's 18, they can go into the trades of any kind and, and make good money without, and just forego the whole four years of college and racking up the debt. I never went to college, so I can't really, I don't know anything different. So, uh, <laughs> but I am glad I wasn't saddled with a lot of student debt coming out of the shoot. That gave yeah. me a lot more freedom, I think. Yeah, I think, I think some people are naturally wired to be kind of self-employed or entrepreneurs, but not everybody is, myself included. Um, I, what I would tell my, my niece, you know, coming out of this is if, if that's not for you and I have no idea. If it is, but if it's not, I think there's a couple of skills you would have to invest in. One is obviously public speaking. It's the only skill that I got for my six years of advanced education that really was worth it. Uh, the other one is, uh, I think video, right? Editing or or any of that is is mm. going to be a skill that plays for the next several decades. So you've got to find a way to become more valuable because if you don't have something yeah. that's valuable, you're just selling hours. You've got to differentiate yourself. You don't have to have a college education, but being a wonderful public speaker, being somebody that can handle and do edits for some you know, video or whatever, I think there are things you could do as an 18, 19, and 20-year-old yeah. that could be good income, mm -hmm. allow for some significant upside that becomes yeah. dry powder, that becomes the house hack, that becomes a better future. So uh, I'm not one to tell you, if, if you don't want to go to college, fine by me but you got to invest yeah. in yourself somewhere. Yeah. And you have to learn that you have to learn that discipline the earlier, the better and be willing to work, to pull yourself up to something better. Cause it's so easy. Um, I got sucked into that for a while. I remember I was working hourly for poverty wages and, mm -hmm. you know, I was working for $4 and 25 cents an hour trying to live on my own. And that was yeah. really, really hard and stressful. <laughs> That's not Anything good, I'm yeah. doing now is not nearly as hard and stressful as that was, you know, pick your hard. So pick your hard, right? that, um, yeah, so everything's hard just, but, but if you're, if you, yeah, if you put in the time and effort and find the right mentors, there's got to be role models out there. I would say for an 18 year old niece, if somebody's coming to me, you know, I would hope yeah. to be the mentor, but also 
connect with others who are doing the right thing. I mean, you are so right. It's so easy to waste money on, on dumb stuff, like getting that discipline of saving the funds. And um, I'm just such a big proponent of home ownership that I'd say like the sooner you can own something, Mm-hmm. the better you are a long-term, you know, cause you no can question. launch yourself that much more quickly if you can you just get on the ladder. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that... it's, I think it's right there for you. Again, I would tell a niece at 18 that if you really wanted it, right. I love your statement. Choose your heart at 18, you know, based on what your, your monthly nut is, you could be financially free between 25 and 30. It's mm-hmm. going to take work. It's going to take focus. It's going to take dis- daily discipline. It's not going to be fun. I will tell you that you probably have to change your friends. Your friends out of high school aren't going to be the ones that get you to be financially free at 25. No. It's just not. I, I'm i sorry, your best girlfriend yeah. or girlfriends. Sorry, mm-hmm. you're going to need some new ones, at least most of the time. So uh, let's close on that. Talk about kind of changing your network. Yeah. So, um, there, the good thing about social media is you're able to, I have found so many, um, great friends and network connections through just social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, um, that where I'm able to, you're able to connect with people that are part of your tribe. They're not necessarily right here geographically close to you. And I think that that can be an important way to find, I've made real friendships from people that I didn't actually meet in person until years later. And I never would have thought that would be possible, but it is. So I'd say like, there's always that, you know, but then look for people around you who are, once you have your reticular activating system, you know, where you're like, you see what you're looking, what you're looking for, that's what you will see. You'll notice people out there that are doing the right things, you know, like the kids that are out there, like working and saving and, you know, young adults who are, uh, you know, you can tell that they're going places in life and not just goofing off, blowing whatever money they have, you know, like try to find those people and then learn from them. And you can create accountability with other people too, which I think is really important. Like, what'd you do this week? Oh, I found three side gigs and I put all that in my savings, you know, and uh, that's the Make kind of game. thing I love. Yeah. yeah. So um, my daughter just got her first job. And so we're already talking about, she's 15. We're nice. already, already talking about like how much she's going to have for spending and how much is going to go into her savings. And we've always had it from the time they were little kids, like an aunt or uncle grandma gives them some money for their birthday. Like, okay, give that to me and I'll put it in your savings account. Mm-hmm. And they can see over time, like that money that would have just been spent <laughs> on who knows what right. it's built into some real money now for a kid, you know? So um just yeah I, I find as a, as a parent or in this case as an aunt or anybody who's being a mentor just to point out the everyday things where it's like we could be doing this but instead we're choosing to do this and here's why and this is what it will mean for you later and here's the things you need to think about when you're spending your money or setting up your financial future Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm more convinced than ever that getting wealthy is a very simple three-step process. Step one is you got to create dry powder, increase your income, lower your expenses, or do both. You got to become elite at something. I don't care if it's real estate, stocks, crypto, classic cars, whatever, cabbage patch kids, who cares? Become elite. And then time. It's a 10-year journey. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. That's that's just what it is. Yeah. And it's, um, you know what? It's a 
it's exciting along the way, the little steps that you, but I don't know what, for me, it's like, we, we had a busy time in the beginning and then the crash, the the real crash happened, which, you know, <laughs> not this, whatever. Yeah. But the actual real crash from 2008 to 2012, um, there was a 10 year period where I didn't buy any real estate and I was holding on to, I was in preservation mode and then I built back my real estate business from scratch to better than ever um so there's like even when it feels like you're not making progress you actually are because I was like fortifying the base getting more resilient yeah. years went by you know but time goes by anyway right like you're going to yeah. be five years older in five years no matter what you do and if you yeah. if you set up the right building blocks, this would be for a, my niece or anyone, you know, I would say just like set, make sure everything you're doing is consistent with the goal you want later. Like I know when I was rebuilding my real estate business, I, I decided the type of business I wanted. I made sure every decision I made is this consistent with that goal. And if it was, then I was for it. And if it wasn't, it got tossed out. So you, you just go. got to keep that filter and just know that these little steps along the way and the faster you can get away from being just working but for hourly pay, I think is really key. Yeah. So I agree. At the end of the day, what I would tell my 18 year old nieces, you're going to be 25 in a heartbeat, 30, 35. It gets harder, right? The easiest time to earn financial freedom is when you're 18 and you're not spending You're you're you have an life hasn't happened. So mm -hmm. get after it now because it only gets harder from here. Beth, if somebody wanted to reach out, see what's what, maybe get a referral to a top 1% agent in their market, how should they do that? Yeah, so my website, bethtraversogroup.com, or you can reach out to me on social media at Beth Traverso. Awesome, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you.